Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure to welcome today's program, Ed Hildenbrandt, who is Senior Vice President, Global Business Development at CLX Logistics, and Jeff Baxter, who's Director of Supply Chain at Pilot Chemical Company. And today we're going to talk about winning the ongoing competition for carrier capacity. Now, we all know that there are ebbs and, flow, uh, ebbs and flows to the transportation market, but you know, the one thing that remains constant for transportation and logistics executives is managing costs and making sure you have the capacity you need when you need it. And if you view, you know, capacity assurance as a kind of ongoing competition, you know, with other shippers, well, how do you make sure that you come out on top all the time, right? And that's kind of the, the core question uh, that we're going to address today. And, you, you know, it's great to have Ed uh, on the program who's on the front lines of this working with, you know, uh, uh, customers, you know, on a day-to-day basis, and obviously Jeff, who um, you know, over at Pilot Chemical, who is uh, really on the front lines of this, to share their thoughts and perspectives and, and experience uh, with this. So, uh, Jeff, Ed, welcome to the program. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks, Adrian. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to your uh, constituents today. Great. Well, well, thank you both. And uh, so, Joe, Jeff, you know, kind of before we dive into the topic, you know, there, there might be folks that might not be, you know, aware of, you know, Pilot uh, Chemical Company. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, Pilot Chemical and, and what your current role and responsibilities are there? Okay. Pilot Chemical is a privately owned and independent global specialty chemical company. Uh, our primary products include specialty surfactants and biocides. Uh, we sell to other businesses. Primarily, we ship bulk chemical domestically, but we also ship globally. Uh, As supply chain director, I'm responsible for our end-to-end supply chain, and that includes raw material sourcing, forecasting, production planning, customer service, and logistics. Uh, Our logistics uh, support is coming from uh, ChemLogix. Great, great. And and where where are you based, Jeff? Uh, Our headquarters are in Cincinnati. And we have five plants in the U.S., uh, and we ship, uh, like I said, all around the U.S. Uh, and uh, globally. Great, great. So, um, so, so let's go into the topic now. And, you know, like, like I mentioned in the beginning, I mean, although cost management is always top of mind for, you know, logistics executives, what, what I hear from shippers is that capacity assurance um, is just as important, in some cases even more important. I mean, do you agree with that? And, and how important is capacity assurance for, for your operations? Uh, capacity assurance is critical. Uh, I mean, cost is important. Safety is a must in a chemical business. Uh, but dependability can be a competitive edge. And I believe it's becoming more and more important as businesses are pushed for efficiency, carry less inventory. They rely on their suppliers to be dependable. Um, I mean, not being dependable gives people a reason to uh, look for other suppliers. Um, so one of our goals is being a dependable supplier, and uh, we really rely on CLX to help s- support this goal. Yeah, that, that's a great point there because obviously in, in the industry, you, you mentioned safety, and that, that's always going to be the, the top priority there. Uh, but, I, but I like the way you linked um, you know, capacity assurance with really customer satisfaction, right? Being a dependable supplier to your customers. So, so it seems that that's kind of one way, uh, or at least a way that you're viewing capacity assurance is from a, from a customer service standpoint. Sure. I mean, it's so important. Um, you probably pay a little bit uh, of a premium to have it, 
uh, but you don't want to overpay, but uh, definitely a critical factor in, in selecting our partners. Great, great point there. Um, you, you know, Ed, kind of moving yeah. on, on to you, um, you know, in a recent guest commentary that, that we published here on, on Talking Logistics, you, you wrote, and I'm going to quote here, that having available capacity is more than having enough trucks, rail or steamship carrier assets to manage your business. It's about winning the ongoing competition between shippers and third-party logistics providers to secure those assets in order to maintain supply chain velocity. How is supply chain, I mean, how is capacity assurance a competition? Well, you have to think about it this way. There's probably 100,000 carriers in the U.S. There's every day, there's uh, thousands of trucks on the road. But the reality is at your plants, at a shipper's plant, there's only a finite amount of trucks available to move the freight. So therefore, you are competing that day with the available assets from the carriers with other 3PLs and with other shippers. So you need to win that every day to make sure that you have the capacity to create the reliability that Jeff was talking about earlier. Now, now it seems that, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, has gotten a lot of buzz over the past few years is, is this whole concept of being a, a carrier-friendly shipper. Um, right. so, so I would think that would be part of the focus in terms of, you know, if you look at it from a competition standpoint, is that the more carrier-friendly you are, right. the better position you are, in a better position you are to kind of win that competition. Do you see that? And what are some, what do you see as some examples of being a carrier-friendly shipper? Sure. Well, if I look at best-in-class shippers relative to managing their relationships with their carriers, think of it as uh, really uh, asset utilization. Because if you have a carrier that you work with and you are not a good partner, you're going to use his asset utilization poorly and he's not he's going to look at you poorly. Let me give you some examples of that, all right? Okay. First off, if we take a look at um, carriers that are not being utilized properly at the plant. Example, if your supply chain is not integrated properly and it filters down to the plant and operations, what you see in, in companies that are not best in class is a lot of short lead time orders, a lot of uh, cancel rebooks, a lot of delays at the plant and loading. All of that fritters away the available asset of that driver for that day and that if that if you do that on a consistent basis then you you earn the the uh, the result and that is that you're held as a, a poor shipper and it's very difficult then for you to get the freight covered on a daily basis because what it boils down to is is people to people you might have a carrier that has a hundred terminals throughout the country your plant is only dealing with one and that terminal knows you as a shipper. So when that dispatcher gets the call from you to pick up the freight, and he's got somebody else who's very reliable, won't delay, who do you think is going to get the freight covered? It's not going to be you. So that's why this is very important. And that's why it really is a competition. And that's kind of what we do when we work with our clients to help them to be more uh, you know, friendly uh, as, a, as a business partner with the carriers. There are a bunch of other things you can do that are table stakes too. Pay your bills on time, okay? Uh, treat the, the drivers courteously. Hopefully you have a driver room for them with some vending. 
So there's other things that you can do as a shipper to, to make sure that you are looked at as a, a viable and strong partner with you know the carriers. And that's that's basically it from, from that standpoint. Uh, if you do those things well, you'll have a better opportunity to win that capacity battle every day. Yeah, not to, that, that's a great point. I think what you, um, um, you know, sometimes when you've got, um, you know, an, an economic environment that might be, you know, softer or, or capacity is not as tight, uh, you, you know, you can get away perhaps with some of that sloppiness or, or being not as quote unquote carrier friendly, but, but certainly that comes back to bite you, you know, as, you know, capacity starts to get constrained, you know, as, as the economy starts to pick up. And I think, you know, what I hear from a lot of shippers, those that are more progressive and, and forward looking thinking is that, you know, carriers remember, right? So, uh, they do. Uh, and, <laughs> and, uh, they know, uh, uh, you know, and particularly, uh, when, when things get tight, uh, you, you want to be in that position where you've been consistently a good partner, you know, to them. And, and that's, what's going to help you, you know, come out on top. And the net result of that is if you are not a good partner, in order for you to get your freight covered, you're going to have to pay more money. Right, because you're 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 not using their assets properly, so they're going to have to adjust your your charges to enable them to recover the cost of doing business with you, because you are a high cost client for them. Right. No, that's that, that's a good point. Uh, you know, Je- Jeff, let's go back to you. I mean, can can you share with us some uh, uh, some actions uh, that that you've taken to make sure you have you know the capacity you need through you know the ebbs and flows of the market. Uh, sure. I mean, we want to be a dependable shipper. Um, so we try to have friendly uh, facilities for the carriers, uh, make it easy to get in and out of the sites. Uh, we want to have the product available when they're scheduled to arrive. And we want to have load slots uh, that are open uh, as scheduled and planned. Uh, so we try to get the uh, carriers in and out of the sites you know, as planned, as scheduled. So uh, we try to be friendly uh, place to do business with the carriers. Great. Now, is there, uh, when you look at, you know, capacity, um, you know, broadly, I mean, are you working with, you know, common carriers? Do you have your own private fleet? Do you have a dedicated fleet? I mean, how how do you, how do you look at that whole, you know, landscape in terms of uh, your strategy around making sure you have the capacity you need? Uh, Well, ChemLogix has set up a a captured base of of carriers that helps, uh, and they manage the scheduling. Uh, so about 80 to 90% of our bulk chemical loads are with uh, a common base of carriers. So they become familiar with your plants. Uh, you know, as things happen, uh, and there's always things externally that happen, uh, you know, we can make priority calls or make some adjustments and figure out which uh, loads or orders are more important. So uh, we have a little more control on managing the base uh, and this uh, fleet of uh, dedicated uh, carriers you know helps us do that great great now so so Ed, kind of expanding a little bit obviously you you've uh you know um uh you know jeff and, and pilot chemical is, is one example uh, when you look across kind of the different companies that you work with um you know jeff mentioned kind of some some of that dedicated fleet can you talk a little bit more about that and how that might fit into the the strategy that other shippers might look at and and what other actions should shippers take to you know maximize the availability of the capacity sure um, the, the the fleet the variable fleet we call it that jeff's talking about is is uh, an excellent way to capture carrier capacity and in jeff's case what we're doing is we have a driver 
tractor and trailers that we've hired from multiple carriers that we manage the dispatch of every day. So the carriers aren't managing the dispatch. The difference between that and how they, the carriers are doing business is they have an option of picking the freight that they're going to take, which might leave you on the sideline, as we talked about earlier. You want to have your freight covered. So that's the advantage that this process brings to Jeff. It's also variable. And their business, pilot's business, uh, goes up and down like most chemical companies. And when it goes up, we add we add drivers. When it, when it recedes, we take drivers away. So it's a variable cost model. That compared to a dedicated fleet. So if you've got a dedicated fleet at your plant, uh, there's two ways you're going to do that. You're, you're either a quasi-carrier in that you as a company have hired drivers, you have your own trailers, you have your own uh, individuals managing the DOT regulations uh, and the driver logs, and, and you're also doing the dispatch. The downside to that is it's not variable, okay? It's not variable. So you have a higher cost in doing that. So, but that is an option. That is an option. Other other uh, shippers take a look at that and they, they bring in a dedicated carrier. They'll let the carrier just manage all the freight from that plant. All right. The disadvantage of that is that they're going to fill their trucks first. So, and they're not going to pull the trigger to bring another carrier in to support you until the last second, which means that two things are going to happen. Either you're not going to get the freight covered or you're going to have to move your schedule around the load to load the trailers so there's some issues there there are plus and minuses with all of these but the virtual fleet that we put together for pilot seems to work best for them and i think it also works best for a lot of companies we do business with other ways to add capacity uh you know is to maximize the use of a tms system uh, transportation management system so if a shipper has a transportation management system they can use the or the enabling features of that system to do things like broadcast for capacity. And in a normal TMS system, you have the cascading effect. So your primary carrier gets selected first. If they aren't available, there's number two, then it goes to number three, and so on and so forth. With broadcast for capacity in a tight capacity market, add off probably after the second carrier and then broadcast out to all of your carriers to see if they've got capacity to cover that freight on that given day. So that's something that the TMS can be used for. Other things shippers can do is to, to, do is to maximize the payloads that they're shipping. You don't want to be shipping air in a high and a, a low capacity environment because if you, if you do, then you're going to need more trucks, less capacity, and it creates a problem that way. So if you can maximize the payloads on your trucks, you can cut down on the number of trucks you need on a daily basis. Examples of that, by the way, are uh, consolidation of LTLs in the truck load, uh, maximizing the, the payload for bulk shipments by working with your supplier and not your suppliers, your customers to ensure that they can take a higher uh, payload. That helps them too because your reliability goes up, right? Because you can cover the freight. So those are a few things that shippers can do to help them from a capacity standpoint. Yeah, and also those are uh, you know some good uh, you know some good points. And I think as Jeff had mentioned as well too. I mean, 
you know, you know, just having and establishing that core base of carriers that you are going to use, right? The way you've qualified them, um, you've uh, you've got that relationship, you know, with them. Um, so when you have that routing guide put together, uh, in addition to some of these other things that we talked about, you know, you've got a core base of carriers um, that um, you, you know that 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 they understand you, you understand them, and and that that sets up the, a good foundation, you know, for making sure that you know, you, you're covered, you know, during those times of need, yeah, right? A- absolutely. You know, that, that's absolutely true because, you know, they are your business partner. So if you have issues, you need to discuss those with them and they will actually help you to be a better shipper. All the things we've talked about this morning, they know, they live it every day. They just need to be asked. So if you do that, you'll get through that. Other things are, you know, inviting them into the plant being plant friendly to the carrier, having the plant management and operations management talk with the carriers and see how they can work through things and do things better. At Pilot, as Jeff said, they've done a fantastic job of changing the demographics of the plant to be very, very friendly to the carriers. They have two scales that they load that they put in, load empty, load full. It's a, it's a track that the, the, the drivers can go around very easy to get in and out of the pilot plant. There are also areas for dropping trailers, and dropping trailers is another way that you can expand capacity because you don't tie up a driver waiting for maybe for a loading of a trailer. Great. Jeff, any thoughts on what Ed, Ed kind of talked about there, in particular with, with your own experience, the types of things you do there at, at, at Pilot? Uh, well, they're an extension of, of our supply chain. Um, you know, they help manage our carrier base, monitor performance. Uh, you know, it's one less thing to worry about as a shipper. You know, having a good uh, 3PL that really helps uh, you know meet our customer needs. Great. So when when you you know obviously you know they're your 3PL partner. Um, you know. For others that might be looking for a partner, I mean, are there specific attributes or, or things that you look that companies should look for in a partner, you know, to, to help them in this area? I mean, we have a lot of metrics we review monthly and quarterly. Um, you know, we uh, follow up and work on any uh, what we call non-conformances. If there's a late delivery or an issue that we have, you know, they uh, work directly with the carriers uh, to see what the root cause is and help fix that. Um, so like I said, uh, it's an extension of our supply chain and, uh, really helps us kind of sort out and, and fix any issues we're having uh, from a logistics standpoint. You know, I, I like that comment because I hear that from, from, from other shippers in terms of being an extension of, of your supply chain. And, and I think what follows from that is one of the things that I hear from a lot of shippers is that, you know, one of the critical things in terms of having a successful partnership is having alignment of company culture, right? So that each of you understands each other's business and what your you know mutual goals and objectives are. Uh, does that kind of sound kind of the same to you? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely, having a common culture and, and alignment there is is, is important. Uh, Jeff, Ed, we're kind of running out, you know, short on time here. So I'm I'm just going to go right to my last question here, and and you know, Jeff, I'll start with you. Uh, you know, as a way to wrap up, I mean, any final words of advice or, or recommendations for, for shippers that, you know, that are related to winning the ongoing competition for carrier capacity? Uh, well, we want to be a dependable shipper, uh, you know, meet the customer expectations. Uh, in the last couple of years, we started to measure 
uh, internally how reliable we are. Uh, so we have an on-time shipment metric, and I, I think it's pretty aggressive. We we uh, look at all of our orders and then measure how many times we uh, get them in and out of the plant within a two-hour window, uh, and then you know we tried to uh, put things in place to improve that. And we've made significant improvements over the last couple years to be a dependable shipper. Um, and a lot of that has to do with uh, the scheduling and planning and plant reliability, you know, having inventory available, you know, as planned. So we work a lot with operations on uh, production plans, uh, you know, having product available. Great. And I, I think you, you pointed to something that I think is, is important from, from an internal perspective. Um, I mean, obviously, it's, it sounds like you've got responsibility not only over transportation, but over these other adjacent areas of supply chain that all ultimately have an impact on being a dependable shipper, right? Because if the plant, if the plant's not ready, it doesn't matter if the carrier gets there on time or if the, if the folks at the loading dock uh, are ready, um, you know, so all those things have to be aligned and, and kind of looking at it from a holistic perspective sounds to be, you know, important. Uh, so Ed, any, any final thoughts, uh, you know, from you, uh, you know, words of advice or, or recommendations for, for other shippers to kind of win well, that, you know, the, capa- the capacity yeah, assurance battle here? I think uh, the comments that Jeff made earlier are right on in that with, with Pilot, there is an integration of all the stakeholders. So customer service, logistics, plant operations, sales, and us as their 3PL meet on a regular basis. We talk about issues they're going to have. We talk about price increases that they're going to take which means that we're going to have to deal with the added issue of clients trying to get under the wire and take delivery. So it'll be a surge, okay? They inform us of plant shutdowns and or issues that are going to hurt production so we can notify the carriers and they don't keep their assets tied up when they're not going to use them, things like that, okay? So when I look at that, you know, as a shipper, you need to do that. So you need to make sure that as a logistics organization, because that's what we're talking about, that you have a seat at the table and you get that information early so you don't live in the land of surprise because most of the shippers that we do business with and at the logistics end are constantly surprised. And what happens is you you build a group of superheroes, those people that can be tapped yeah, just laughing because he knows what we're talking about. There's always the unexpected, and you've got to have people that jump, uh, jump and get things done. But on a steady basis, it's hard to do that. It's hard to do that. So these superheroes are throughout most organizations. We have them in support of our customers. They exist at the plant sites of our customers. If you, but if you take advantage of that too often. It demoralizes the organization, and your and your support service is going to go down. So it's very important that you have the stakeholders in alignment in how to deal with this capacity issue. Right now, and for the last year, as you know, it's been pretty easy from a capacity standpoint. All right, there are pockets of issues across the country in different regions, but there have been enough assets available because we haven't had growth. So. When you don't have growth, then the carriers figure out how to run their business more efficiently. As soon as we start seeing an uptick, uptick in demand, all hell is going to break loose. And that's when this competition concept is going to come to the table. So now is the time, if you haven't, now is the time to build relationships 
with your carriers, build relationships with your three PLs to make sure that you are not an ugly customer. You want to you want to have ease of use in the middle of your name. That way, you make sure that as 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 we get into a tight market, you'll have the capacity to have the reliability as a su- supplier that Jeff talks about. Well, that's a that, that's a great point. I mean, I think you know, like you said, this is the perfect time. You know, the calm before the storm, right? right? To really uh, look at you know the processes that you have, look at the you know perhaps some of the things that you can improve, so that um, you know when that competition heats up, you're in the best position to succeed. You know, moving forward. Uh, well, Jeff, Ed, you know, we uh, like I always say at the end of all our programs, you always just manage to scratch the surface on, on this topic. But I think both of you provided some great you know insights and, and advice and recommendations for you know for shippers that you know to think about you know moving forward with regards to capacity assurance. So I, I want to thank you both for uh, you know making the time to be with us today, Jeff. Okay. Thank, thank you. you, thank you, Adrian, for the opportunity to talk to your your base. Great. Thank you both. And uh, thank, thank you to those of you who joined us today. Uh, if you are watching this episode on demand, uh, either at the CLX website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question for Jeff or Ed, uh, you can uh, post a question there. And uh, I'm sure they'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you all for joining us today and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.